Welcome, ladies, to the Women's Health Happy Hour podcast. My name is Dr. Dawn Andalone. I am a women's health physical therapist, author, educator, and co-owner of Level 4 PT and Wellness. And this podcast is informative but lighthearted, and we discuss all things women's health in order for you to lead an active and vibrant lifestyle. So cheers, and let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Women's Health Happy Hour podcast. My name is Dr. Dawn, and I am here today with a fabulous guest. Um, Not only do we have fun just chatting about life, but also we are business neighbors, and their office is right next door to us, and that's kind of how I got to know this lovely woman. And so today we have... Sue Shrinkle Emmons, and she is amazing. And she's going to tell you a little bit about herself and her practice, and also just be able to give you some value of what she can bring to the table and how she can contribute to these women's health topics that we love to talk about. So before I introduce her, um, I just want to say thanks for tuning in to another episode. We've had a lot of fun guests so far. And if this is the first time you're joining, thank you for listening. So Sue, I just want to say thanks for joining me and let's cheers because the topic of this health, <laughs> this podcast <laughs> is all about joining a girlfriend for happy hour and we just cheers to be in the health yes. and wellness field. <laughs> cheers to that. What are you cheers. doing, Sue? I, I am a big fan of whiskey, so I am drinking a cocktail called a Black Manhattan. So Ooh. it's whi- whiskey and Amaro and a splash of bitters. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. just done the traditional glass of Kino. Uh, I will thing. I will fall asleep on this podcast if I have <laughs> some wine. So <laughs> I'm going for the for my other choice social lubricant. <laughs> I love it. Love yes. It. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Don. This is lovely and wonderful to be able to talk to you and talk about life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And your expertise is in the realm of psychology and really helping people that are struggling through different topics. Will you tell us a little bit about your background and how you even got started? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I have been doing this for about 10 years. And uh, before that, I had, I'm, it's kind of the classic therapist story. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And um, I started working um, in a, in the nonprofit world, and I was helping um, interns in a non in at a humanitarian aid nonprofit, and they were having all of these intense kind of midlife crises or quarter life crises, and I wasn't able to help them at all. And I I all I could do was sit and listen to them, and I found that I had a passion for that, so I ended up going back. Um, to get my master's and kind of fell in love with the field of psychology and specifically being able to help um, being able to help women in general so that that's been a really lovely discovery of the past 10 years so yeah Yeah, and and just for us when we see people that are in pain and struggling there's such a mental and emotional part of it too so just having someone and it's just coincidental you guys are next door to us yes all of our clients can use your help and it's yeah it's 
so amazing when somebody actually takes a step to come see someone like you. Yeah. Uh, so how did you, and cause Christy is your business partner. How did you two get started and decide to open up your own place? Um, well, Christy was actually, um, one of the therapists that I supervised through her licensure process at another group practice. And so we got to, she was my very first uh, therapist trainee. And so we got to know each other really well that way and formed a really good bond. And I, and I'm so thankful to be in business with her because um, we kind of, we think in a very similar way. We tackle a mental health from a, basically a holistic wellness standpoint and see that our, our brain is not divorced from our bodies. And so we really had this vision to come together and create a space where we could provide therapeutic services, but then also have some other, you know, health practitioners in, in our office space that were providing a more like well-rounded care for our clients. And, and then, it, you know, we ended up next to you guys and we, it was, you know, it was very serendipitous that you, you have a very similar practice to ours. So uh, that was really yeah. neat. Yeah. <laughs> And we fill in the gaps for what we don't have because we don't yeah. have this in our office, but we always yeah. talk about like, what is down the road? Yeah. Because yeah. it, it really is all about the mind and body and how they can function together and really looking at the whole person. We need um, to talk about that more. <laughs> we need to brainstorm about that. <laughs> and your business is called the West Coast Therapy Collective. And yes, it is. What yeah. made you guys decide, well, you talked a little bit about just wanting different practitioners, yeah. and different backgrounds, but you do have a, um, tell us about a couple other practitioners you have. You have a nutritionist and. Yeah, currently we have a nutritionist there and we also have an, a naturopath who practices out of our office for, um, for, she's practicing a little bit for, um, until the end of this year. And then, you know, we had, unfortunately COVID hit and we lost, we lost a lot of people in our office. Um, and that was, that was really hard for us, I think. And so we're thankfully in the process of rebuilding and looking at getting some other potentially like some emotional healers in there and some people who do some, you know, alternative forms of therapy. Yeah. So, Yeah. And you have a beautiful space too. They Thank you. It's like calming. It's the place you want to walk into when you want to, you know, just relax and talk yeah. about things. I had a, I had a client say one time, like, oh, I feel like I'm in a, like in the, the waiting room of a massage place. I can't wait to like, I'm all zen out in here. <laughs> so that was, that was what we were going for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because we are in this mode of things changing and this yeah. year being crazy. Um, I always like to ask, what are, what are the common things that you're seeing in your business? I mean, it's probably yeah. obvious there's lots more of anxiety and stress because the uncertainty, mm -hmm. the unknown. Um, but what's a common theme you're seeing, especially for women right now? For I think for women, it really is, you know, there's such a huge uptick in anxiety. Um, I mean, we just in general, we have you know, the statistics are, you know, one in five men have anxiety and one in three women have anxiety. And so we're, you know, there's a, a bunch of different factors for that. But I think what I'm noticing, particularly in the, in the area that we're in is, is 
because there has been so much uncertainty because women are, you know, not only now, you know, mothers and spouses, but they're also being asked to be teachers and some of them have to go back to work in order to provide and, or they're figuring out how to, they were al already working, but they're figuring out how to then teach and, and do their work. So it's, you know, I think we already have this narrative of like, we should do it all as women. And so this is, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's only reinforcing that so much more. And it's an impossible, it's an impossible situation. There is something that has to give. And so tech, almost all of the time it's our mental health right that that's yeah. the thing that gets sacrificed definitely because we're like oh yeah. you know we can deal with it now this is what we got to do but yeah really taking that time to reflect and say okay yeah. maybe I need to slow down maybe i need, need help do you right. have certain strategies that you always kind of go through when you see somebody for the first time and they're unloading what's going on with them and you're listening a lot to them but what are some of the, the most simple strategies that you might have somebody take away from the first couple of appointments? Yeah. Or how, what is your philosophy about working with people? Well, I, there, so a few things. I want to look at, first of all, like, how are they doing with, you know, their, that, that basic, you know, Maslow's basic hierarchy of needs? What's their, their foundational level look like? How are they sleeping? How are they eating? How are they getting exercise? How are they drinking water? Those are so many of the things that we think like don't affect our mental health, but actually are so significant toward having good mental health. And often when we're anxious, we neglect taking care of ourselves. And so I, I'm, I'm looking for like, what does a day look like for you? How, how are you taking care of those things for yourself? And then so addressing those things first and then also what are you saying to yourself how how are you talking to yourself you know how much is how much does worry play a part in in your thought process on the day-to-day -day? especially for women we think and ruminate we just kind of sit and obsess about things and it just the the hamster wheel starts to go and it's really hard to get off that when we when we are on it and and very often what I hear is, you know, what the what ifs. So what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And we're essentially like trying to worry about all of the possibilities in order to take our anxiety away. Worry is worry's normal, but when we're worrying to take our anxiety away, we're only increasing our anxiety. So having someone tell me about their cognitive internal process is really crucial. And I want, I want to give them, you know, really solid you know, steps when they leave my office that first time. Here's, here's how I can take care of my physical health, which in turn helps me to take care of my mental health. And here's how I can take care of my mental health, which prevents me from feeling the physical symptoms of the stress which, you know, then go back into, you know, it becomes the cycle, becomes that whole cycle. Are yeah. people coming to you with like a log of what they're doing for the day or do they just report back to you and tell you? They'll just, I, it's just kind of one of the, in, the questions I ask is, tell me about a typical day from start to finish. When you wake up, what do you do? And when you go to sleep, what do you do? Because I, you know, one of those signs that, you know, some of the signs of anxiety is, 
you know, they have, you have difficulty falling and staying asleep. You have, uh, you have a lot of agitation and irritability. And so much of that has to do with the way that we take care of ourselves physically. Are we, you know, are we responding to the physical cues of anxiety with more anxious thinking? Or are we responding to the physical cues of anxiety with, I'm feeling really anxious right now. I need to take a few deep breaths and get my get my breathing back to where I'm breathing from, not just my chest, not just anxious breathing, but from my diaphragm as well, so that I can actually get oxygen into my brain and get carbon dioxide out so I can actually think, right? That's what anxiety does. Anxiety just totally divorces our head from our bodies. So I want, I want to know how are you physically taking care of yourself throughout the day? Yeah, so, so yeah. you feel those symptoms come on, like mm-hmm. the protocol, or how do you actually um, deal with it when it does yeah. come to people have panic attacks or anxiety and yeah. they don't realize what that's, yeah. what that is, or, or you're just validating it now and telling them, you know, it turns into a physical response. Yeah, I think a lot of the work that we do in that first session is helping, so I'm asking those questions and then I'm also educating. I'm doing a lot of education on this is anxiety. This is what anxiety does to your, your body and this is what it does to your brain. So, and your, your brain is not separate from your body. So when you, it, essentially anxiety is just this, nor, our, our emotional response and our physical response to stress. And when that stress builds up, we experience more and more anxiety and then we can have anxiety attacks. Those are still, they still have some physical symptoms of anxiety, but they're more focused on kind of the ruminating thoughts um, or we, and the physical symptoms are a little bit less intense in our bodies, or we have the full on panic attack where, you know, we start sweating, we go like, we go completely blank. Uh, we start hyperventilating. We, it feels like you're having a, a heart attack. For, especially for men, it feels like they're having a heart attack. That's often when they call 911, when really they're having a panic attack. Um, you, you can go cold, your limbs can go numb. So all of these things have that physical component to it because essentially anxiety is saying to our brain, there's this threat out there and it's, and it's real and you should pay attention to it. And so you should shut down all of your all of your functioning in parts of your brain that you don't need right now. And then just go into survival mode, just go directly into survival mode. And what happens then is we experience that increase increase in all of our stress hormones. So cortisol, norepinephrine, and um, adrenaline. And when we experience that, that causes all those physical symptoms. And the way that so I'll educate and help a, a client know that to combat some of those physical symptoms, we have to do physical things to get our brains back online. Because if our brains aren't online, if we're not thinking rationally and from our adult brain, there's no way we can make a good decision out of that. And anxiety will just take over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is it mainly breathing exercises or what kind of exercises would you tell somebody like, 
how to recenter themselves or distract themselves when this happens? I think breathing is the the first and most important thing, um, especially because you know when we're when we're anxious, we're breathing just from our chest. We're not breathing from our diaphragm, and that that causes carbon dioxide to get stuck in our brain. And so we, in order to maintain functioning in our adult brain, we need to get rid of the carbon dioxide and get that oxygen carbon dioxide flow going. That's why you used to see people breathing into paper bags, mm -hmm. right? That was to help them to know, okay, I'm sucking in enough oxygen. I'm exhaling enough carbon dioxide. It, and so breathing is one of the most important things to do in the moment. And it doesn't take the anxiety away. It just allows you to think more rationally so then you can make decisions from there. And you can say, oh, this, thing, this, per this threat that I see in front of me, it's not actually a threat, it's a perceived threat. That's something that I'm, I'm thinking about in the future that could happen, but it, it's also entirely possible that it's not gonna happen. And, or I'm really worried about that uncertainty and I can't do anything about that uncertainty right now. So like you're saying, what can I shift my focus to that helps me to feel more in control, that helps me to feel um, more like myself. And so that, so I really work on doing that, helping them to ground themselves, get some change in their physiology and then shifting to, here's what I'm in control of. Mm -hmm. Here's what I can do. And sometimes it's hard to know in those moments, but I think very often if we create a, a, a list or a mental list of the things that we know we can shift to, then that's really, really helpful. I actually have clients just write it down on their phone. So it's always with them. It's in their note, notes on their phone. So they can go to it right away and they don't have to think about it. Yeah. That's a yeah. great idea. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I find too. Like I know when I get under anxiety and stress, it's like you focus on the things you can control. There yeah. is a lot. Yes. The brain goes to another place and it just takes yeah. over. Totally. I mean, I know personally, you know, you know, right after right after all the COVID stuff and we started losing renters, I just went into this place of extraordinary fear and, and it became, you know, it became really anxiety driven. And finally, you know, I, my husband actually put it really well. And he, he said, like, what, what are the levers of control that you still have access to? And ever since then, I've been using that a lot with my clients because I think that that's a, a really brilliant way to put it. You, you know, here's worst case scenario. I think we're already thinking about worst case scenario. It's not helpful to think about it, but we're still going to do it anyway. Yeah. But until we get to worst case scenario, I have all of these other levers that I can pull where I feel in control. Right. And the, I think especially for women, that's, that's really, really helpful for us. So much of so much of our lives is <laughs> directed around relationships, right? And we're, we're, we are the arbiters of relationships and our anxiety exists in relationships too. And so we cannot, when we can't control another person, it makes us feel super anxious, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so that's when I think about, okay, 
here are all the levers that I can pull in this relationship, or here are all the levers that I can pull in my career, or here, so I'll have distinct, you know, distinct levers in each situation for myself. Yeah. Sometimes it's like your expectations, what you think is going to happen, and then it doesn't happen, and then that spirals you're out of control too. That one, oh my gosh, especially that, and and I, I would imagine for so many parents at this at this stage, right? Where we're teetering, especially in North County, we're teetering on this, like, are we going back to school? Are we not going back to school? Is it this hybrid model? Is it, you know, and having to, you know, or, or even just like, is my business going to stay open? Or is, you know, am I going to, how, how am I going to be able to pay my bills? What whatever that fear is that comes up that creates the stress, then the stress builds into anxiety. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's a lot. So it's taking control of your mind and learning the tools. How you yeah, advice. Yeah, you do that. That is so helpful. Well, when people do, people just find you online and they decide to book an appointment, or how would you say? Because um, that is a big step for some people. Yeah. I know we recommend you guys all the time, and like. Tell them you can do that. <laughs> it takes that step for that person to actually it do it. You can't book the appointment for them. So right, how, how right. people end up deciding, I can't take this anymore. I need to call them. How do people find you? I think so. Well, you, so I think people, it, it sometimes takes a push from someone else to, mm-hmm. to make the call. Um, sometimes it's that, you know, like I want to be better for my family or sometimes it's just, I can't, I can't take this anymore that I don't want to feel this way anymore. And when that happens, I think the, it's really, really difficult to sit down and know because the internet is full of therapists. Mm -hmm. It just is. There's, uh, there's so many access points to therapists. It's almost this kind of option paralysis really. And so what, what I would say is, my advice to find for finding a therapist is there's a couple sites there's you know psychology today um and then inclusive therapists um you can also google therapists near, near me that's how most people find us to be quite honest um and then or word of mouth referral we get a lot of that too mm-hmm. but you want to you want to find someone who you I think like you look at their picture and you you can envision yourself sitting in a room with them right and then yeah yeah because you're going into a therapy room and if it's the first time you've done therapy that's an incredibly scary experience the first time I did therapy I was so nervous to tell a person what was going on with me I thought that they were going to see inside my soul (laughs) and and we don't do that. <laughs> so we're, we're, you know, wh- what we're there for is to, to be a place, you know, to provide a space for you where you can tell us what's going on and try things and learn things and go out into the world and use those tools and then come back and say, this worked, this didn't work. Not, not everything we say is gospel. And mm-hmm and shouldn't be you should be able to go out and try it for yourself and then come back and say in a very non-judgmental space this is what was effective for me and then we'll you know we'll give you kudos and say let's do more of that 
-hmm. and when when you come back and say this wasn't effective then we'll say like okay let's troubleshoot that and see if there's something else that we can do um specifically if you would like to come to west coast therapy collective you can find us um we're our, we have a website it's wctcollective.com and also you can find me uh, i have my own website it's sueshrinkle.com so yeah and the fact that you guys do virtual um yes too, like you can access yeah your help from anywhere and you can way, yeah, yeah not everybody has to show up in your office but that's a nice option too right now yeah that and you know that allows for a lot more flexibility for people when they you know they don't always have the ability to step away from family their family or to you know drive all the way from downtown San Diego to come to a session in the middle of the day so that that provides a lot more flexibility for sure yeah what do you find with people saying um because I have heard this before okay yeah. not every stress is bad stress sometimes there's good stress and it pushes you to do things but when people like how yeah how would you describe good stress versus bad stress and and what you maybe need to shift and think about differently um so i like to actually tease that definition out even more so because i think we confuse anxiety and stress often and stress stress is really it's just your body's normal response to something that needs to be adjusted or shifted and there is absolutely good stress you know good you know we we put our bodies under stress when we're exercising we do that to you know un under mental stress so that we can learn something i think it's for, when we're growing that stress is very positive um but i think we often use stress when we mean anxiety mm -hmm. and anxiety is the emotional and physiological response to stress mm -hmm. so anxiety is i the the what ifs or the excessive worry or the agitation or the irritability or some of those other things like digestive issues or you know brain fog cold hands feet you know i dissociation the psychological symptom where like either it doesn't feel real, the world doesn't feel real around you, or you don't feel like you're in your body. So those are, you know, those are things that anxiety is also can be good for us too, because anxiety protects us. It's a normal protective mechanism. It's, you know, it's very ancestral. Our ancestors needed it to protect themselves from predators. And we didn't evolve that well to be honest you know we still have that protective mechanism which we need for predators right but we have different kinds of predators and and sometimes that is sometimes we confuse that for perceived threats that actually aren't threats at all mm -hmm. and so that's where i think anxiety is good for us until it isn't yeah i like that shift like stress yeah. is not necessarily a bad thing but when it turns yeah. to anxiety then it has that physical response and takes mm -hmm. emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we see people that are usually in pain or dealing with an injury. I mean, not always, but mm -hmm. as a therapist is kind of uh, what we do is a lot of injury care. Yeah. Yeah. 
people are dealing with um, a painful issue, what are some of those mechanisms of how you teach people to cope with that? And obviously getting help for getting better, but like the mental side of it, how, what strategies might you use for people like that? Yeah, I think a big piece of that is, um, is I, I do a lot of grief work around that. Uh, being able to make sense of as much as we possibly can the, the physical toll that pain takes on our bodies. And, and some people are going to get better, right? Some people are going to resolve their physical pain and some people are not. Some people are living in chronic pain. And so regardless, I'm, I'm helping clients to, you know, with, with the anxious piece of it, manage their expectations for what, how they're going to get better and how much they can get better. Mm -hmm. And then also being able to say to being able to have clients say, this is not the way that I wanted my body to function. I don't, I don't like that it functions this way. This is really awful for me. And I wish that it didn't. And I'm okay right now. Right. So, so it's not, I'm going to be okay in the future or I'm perfect or I'm good enough. Sometimes that's, we can't even believe that, but getting to the place where we're able to, you know, say, say some, what I call bridge thoughts. It's not, all negative. It's not all positive. It's just kind of right in the middle of those two. I'm okay right now. I can handle this. I'm, I'm learning how to work with my body. I'm, I'm getting better. So some of those, those things that are a little bit more easy to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, everyone needs that. Yep. <laughs> Gr- grief work is big around physical stuff. It's really big. I think we have this expectation that our bodies are going to work perfectly all the time and that's especially not true after that point in our mid-20s where we start aging right we have to manage that decline unfortunately it sucks it sucks i would say our most um probably our biggest audience is like the 40 and above female and yeah, I'm yeah. 42 myself, so I know yeah. at like 39-ish, I just yeah. felt like things were not acting the same way. I'd yeah. get out of bed, get a little more achy, or you work yeah. out and you're like not feeling very good afterward. Yeah, you don't recover. Yeah, I was, I, I personally, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's uh, almost two, a year and a half ago. And so I, I had to come to terms with that really quickly. Like I couldn't, I not, and this is a classic case of how stress sets off, you know, sets off women's hormones. I was in an incredibly stressful situation that just set my, essentially sent me into Hashimoto's and yeah, so that's hypothyroidism. And, uh, I literally had to learn how to take care of my body again Mm -hmm. and how to be patient with myself and say, you know, cause I would, in my early thirties, I, I was at the gym once or twice a day and I would stay there for an hour to an hour and a half each time I was there and I was lifting heavy and I was working out all the time. I was at like 17% body fat and I had to learn how to deal with this significant shift of mm-hmm. the body I had before. It's not the body I have now. 
And that, I think that causes a significant amount of those ruminating thoughts of I'm, I'm not good enough. It's like, who's going to love me this way, <laughs> you know? And so being able to deal with the, the grief of that was really important for me. Yeah, that's a great point too. Yeah. And as our hormones shift and as our body yes. changes from your oh my gosh. 40s to 50s to 60s, yep. like you got to learn new strategies too. Big like, time. I'm myself, this is the way yeah. it is. Like I'm going to find a new way to exercise. Yep. <laughs> yep. All I have in me today is a walk and that's good enough. You know, it's that's good enough. And I got out and I moved my body and that was really important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this goes to the, the question that I ask everyone that's on yeah. here is tell me three things that you do for yourself that could be a daily routine or a weekly routine, what you do to keep your own health on track. That's really important to you. Three things. <laughs> um, so I think kind of going along with the, the theme of anxiety, um, a big one for me is exercise. Uh, and, and, you know, I've learned, I've had to learn how to moderate that and, and modify that for what my energy level is on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and so exercise is so crucial to me for, and for me, if I don't exercise, I can feel my cortisol, adrenaline, or epinephrine epinephrine levels just increase as I go throughout my day. And I, I love that. I love that exercise acts as this natural antidepressant and anti-anxiety mm -hmm. solution because you're getting that rush of dopamine and serotonin in your, in your brain that helps quell all of that. It's just lovely and wonderful. Plus you get all that good intake of breath. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, that's, for me, exercise, when I don't exercise, my anxiety level goes up. It's just, it's, it's causation. It absolutely is. Um, I like to do Headspace meditations. So it, Headspace is an app that you can download in your app store. They, the first 10 are free. And then after that, it's like ab about $100 a year for the subscription. It is honestly the best $100 you can spend <laughs> if you're going to do. Yes. Yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah. And I love it because they teach you how to meditate. So if you don't know how to meditate and you're, you're fine. They teach you how to do it. And it's, it's really just paying attention to what's going on in your body. I very often, what I do is after a day of work before, especially because I'm working from home now. And before I go out and join my husband and we start our dinner routine and, you know, we download about our days. I, I take that moment to separate from work and do a 10 minute meditation. And I, it's it, like, I built up to the 10 minutes. It, I wasn't doing a 10 minute meditation to start, but now I, it's just 10 minutes. It, it allows me to kind of like slough work off and go and, and join my husband in a different mood. It doesn't mm -hmm. always work, but very often it does. Well, um, you'd have to do that anyway when you are yeah. listening to people all day. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a good point too, to just be able to separate yeah. and like recenter yourself, reset your, your yes. too. Yeah. Uh, and I think especially for my clients who are working from home, I'm encouraging them to do that because there's no separation between work and home and the lines get so blurred and, and that becomes a really good thing. So 
I like to, I like to have that clean break like we would if you were commuting mm-hmm. essentially to have that, that, that like me time, if you want to call it that. Um, what else do I like? Asleep is a re- sleep is the, another really big one for me. I get eight to nine hours of sleep a night. If I don't, I'm cranky <laughs> and I'm, I'm way less effective as a therapist. And it's, it's just something that I've learned that is really crucial for me to manage my emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I could add one more, I would also add laughter. Laughter is really super important for me and being able to, you know, being able to kind of like reset my body chemistry with laughter, but then also that, that creates connection for me. So I like that. Cheers to that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we got to have uh, these girls, girl times more often. I know. I know. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> oh, I learned so much from you. I love this. And I know the people listening will as well because this yeah. stuff is so important and everyone needs it. Females of all ages, men and women. Yes. But yeah. I know women are listening to this. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure to be able to talk to you. And I'm super excited to continue to work alongside you. Yeah. yeah. Tell us again, um, what, what's your website and yeah. um, can people find you on social media too? Yes. Um, website is wctcollective.com and our Instagram handle is at wctcollective. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you, Sue. We'll talk Thank to you, you soon. All right. Thanks, Don. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Women's Health Happy Hour podcast. And if you are a woman that's struggling with motivation right now, maybe you just want to boost your energy and just get the most out of life, you need to go on over and join our private Facebook group community. It's called the Level 4 Women's Health Insiders Group. And every week we share informational videos. We have lots of great content in order to guide you along your health journey and free giveaways as well. So go on over to Level 4 Women's Health Insiders Group. Join the group and we'll see you there. So thanks for listening. The information given on this podcast is not intended to apply to every individual's potential injury. It is impossible to give 100% complete accurate diagnosis and prognosis without a thorough physical examination. The information provided is not meant as a substitute for your own professional advice from a healthcare provider or other medical professional. Under no circumstances will Level 4 Physical Therapy and Performance Incorporated or any of our other professionals be liable for any damage caused by reliance on the information that we make available on this podcast.